Sir Mike is all word for a reading from the book of the prophet Ezra. And we read the reading of chapter 5. We'll all read this morning, chapter 5 and chapter 6. Just as you realize from reading it, that uh, you can't read just chapter 5 and the thoughts of the sermon. It needs both chapters read to get a good flavor of the next stage in the life of the people of Judah. Ezra chapter 5. Now Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the prophet, the son of Edo, prophesied to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem, near to the Lord God of Israel, who was over them. Then Joel and Jeshua set to work to rebuild the house of God in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them, helping them. At that time, Tanai, governor of the Transhumanity, and Chef Muzale, and their associates went to them and asked, Who authorized you to rebuild this temple and restore this structure? They also asked, What are the names of the men constructing this building? The eyes of God was watching over the elders of the Jews, and they were not struck with a report before the Darius, and this written reply we received. This is a copy of the letter that Tadalai, Governor of Granty, Bidis, and Chef Muzalai, and their associates, the officials of Transylvania, sent to Darius. The report they sent them read as follows To King Darius, for your greetings. The king should know that we went to the district of Judah, the temple of the great God. People are building with large stones, placing timbers in the walls. The work is being carried on with diligence, making rapid progress under their direction. We questioned the elders and asked them, who authorized you to rebuild this temple and restore this structure? We also asked them their names so we could write down the names of their leaders for your information. This is the answer they gave us. We are the sons of the God of heaven and earth. We are rebuilding the temple which was built many years ago. One of the great king of Israel built and finished. But because our fathers angered God of heaven, we hand them over to Nebuchadnezzar, the Chaldean, king of Babylon, who destroyed this temple and deported the people to Babylon. However, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild this house of God. He even removed from the temple of Babylon the gold and silver articles of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple in Jerusalem brought them to the temple in Babylon. Then King Cyrus gave him a man named Sheshbazar, whom he had appointed governor, who told him, take these articles and go and deposit them in the temple in Jerusalem, and rebuild the house of God on the site. So this Sheshbazar came and laid the foundations of the house of God in Jerusalem. From that day to the present, it has been under construction, but has not yet finished. Now, if it pleases the king, let a search be made in the royal archives of Babylon to see if King Cyrus did in fact issue a decree to rebuild this house of God in Jerusalem. Then let the king send us his decision in this manner. Then Darius issued an order, and they searched in the archives stored in the treasure of Babylon. The scroll was found in the citadel of Ekbatana, in the province of Media. And this was written on it. Memorandum. In the first year of King Cyrus, the king issued a decree concerning the temple of God in Jerusalem. 
Let the temple be rebuilt as a place to present sacrifices. Let its foundations be laid. It is to be 90 feet high and 90 feet wide, with three courts of large stones and one of timbers. The costs are to be paid by the royal treasury. Also, gold and silver articles, the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem and brought to Babylon, are to be returned to their places in the temple in Jerusalem. They are to be deposited in the house of God. Now then, Hanani, governor of Trans-Ukraine, and Chef Rosani, and you, your fellow officials of the province, stay away from there. Do not interfere with the work of this temple of God. Let the government of the Jews, the Jewish elders, rebuild this house of God on its site. Moreover, I hereby decree what you are to do for those elders and the Jews in the construction of this house of God. The expenses of these men are to be fully paid out of the royal treasury from the revenue of Trans-Ukraine, so that the work will not be stopped. Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams, male lambs, the fur offerings, the God of heaven, the wheat, soft, wild oil, as requested by the priests in Jerusalem, must be given them daily without fear, so that they may offer sacrifices, pleasing the God of heaven, and pray for the well being of the king and his sons. Furthermore, I decree that if anyone changes his edict, a beam is to be pulled from his house, and he is to be lifted up and impaled on it, and for this crime his house to be made higher from it. May God, whose cause is named to dwell there, overthrow any king or people who lifts a hand to change this decree that will destroy this temple in Jerusalem. I, Darius, have decreed it, let it be carried out with diligence. Then, because of the decree, King Darius had sent Hanani, the governor of Trans-Ukraine, and Chef Uzani, and their associates, carried out with diligence. So the elders of Jews continue to build prosper of the preaching of Haggai, prophet, and Zechariah, a descendant of Ido. They finished building the temple of court on the command of the God of Israel, the decrees of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, kings of Persia. The temple was completed on the third day of the month Adar, in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. Then the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles, Celebrate the dedication of the house of God with joy. The dedication of this house of God, they offered a hundred bulls, two hundred rams, four hundred male lambs, and a sin offering for all Israel, twelve male books, one for each of the tribes of Israel. And they installed the priests in the divisions, the Levites in the groups, the servants of God in Jerusalem, according to what is written in the book of Moses. On the fourteenth day of the first month, the exiles celebrated the Passover. The priests and Levites purified themselves and were all ceremonially clean. The Levites struck the Passover lamb for all exiles, for the brothers and the priests and for themselves. So the Israelites who returned from the exile to Ethic, began with all who had separated themselves from the unclean practices of their Gentile neighbors in order to seek the Lord the God of Israel. In seven days he celebrated with joy. Feast of unleavened bread, because the Lord had filled them with joy of changing attitude to the king of Assyria. So he assisted them in the work in the house of the God of Israel. He eventually God bless it for our lives.
Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the holy and eternal word, the word which you revealed its teaching and truth to all our lives. Write its teaching and truth upon them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can you picture the scene that we have here in Ezra chapter 5? At the end of chapter 2, we read, or chapter 4, sorry, this work of the house of God in Jerusalem came to Stansel for the second year of King Darius. Picture a building site. Work was started, the foundations are laid for a house, and then, for whatever reason, it's been abandoned. What happens? The rubble and the soil, and the weeds, becomes a, a situation of abandonment, devastation, and meaninglessness. Nothing to show, no activity, no life, deadness. That was the situation in Jerusalem because the opposition had stopped the work of the rebuilding of the temple. All they did was just simply the foundations. So it was just still merely a building site, but an abandoned building site. But things were going to change. Things were going to change. Yes, the people had gone home, their own homes again. They forgot about rebuilding the temple. It became a distant thought. And they gave up on the whole idea of ever returning to rebuild the temple. It was further down the agenda. There's no further down their list of priorities. It's forgotten about. You can see in dying death. But I said, things are about to change. God raised up these two men and says, Haggai the prophet and Zechariah, Zechariah the prophet. They were people who were preaching the word of God. It says that they came to rebuild the temple again. They came to proclaim God's word to the people. God raised them up at that particular moment in time. But he also raised up King Darius, who was now the king in Persia. And so the work had re-begun again. Haggai and Zechariah had inspired or encouraged and enthused the people to do this work. In Haggai chapter 1, we read that in the second year of King Darius, the sixth month, the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to Haggai the prophet, to Jerobabel, the son of Shittai, Governor of Judah, Joshua, son of Zuliah, the high priest. And similarly, in Zechariah, by the word of the Lord came to Zechariah. You see, God raised them up with a clear message to refocus, to make a reprioritizing of what they were doing. The priority of the people of God who returned to Jerusalem and Judah was to rebuild the temple. That was God's plan and purpose. In part for their return again. But these people, as I said, had lost enthusiasm. But Haggai very clearly reminds them of these things because he comes with clear message from God. He says, This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people, the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to rebuild. The people said, It's not time yet. It's not the right time. But God says, No, it's the right time. And Haggai says, It's the right time. From God. Then the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. It is time for you yourselves to be living. Is it sorry? Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your panel houses while this house remains ruined? 
who live in grand houses, he says, but you've forgotten that God's house is no longer on your priority list. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says, give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, you have harvested little. You eat, you never have enough. You drink, you never have a fill. You put on clothes that are not warm. You earn wages, only put them in a purse holds it. There's no results from what you're doing. Yet you're living grander, but you've no satisfaction. You've no contentment. Everything you're doing is a waste of time. You're putting money in your purse that holds it. Then he says, Give careful thought to your ways, says the Lord Almighty. He tells them to go up and rebuild the temple again. And of course, the people responded to it and they went back and they began to rebuild the house of the Lord. He says, The whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God, message the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Yes, they responded. They'd been convicted of what they'd done wrong. Haggai, in particular, in Zechariah, had led the people to think what their priorities were again. You see, it's very important that we think what are our priorities. In life, we have priorities. What's important in our life? Our homes, our families, our work, our health, our well-being, all the other things that are important. We put a priority list. When it comes to God as well, as Haggai says, consider your ways. We have to think what is important in terms of our relationship with God. Surely the important thing is that we have a living faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. We have a daily meeting with God in prayer and reading God's Word and in worship. A priority of living out what we read in God's Word. We don't think of our own comforts and our own well-being all the time or even part of the time. God is first and all the things take secondary place. Jesus said we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. When we put God first, God will then bless us in all ways. Remember the parable of the sower. Talked about the seed which is sown among the weeds. Now these are they are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word of God, cares of this word, the sickness of riches, desires for all the things enter in and choke the word and becomes unfruitful. When we get our priorities wrong, God is the first, then it's choked out. When we allow the other things of life to choke out God and God's word and the important elements of Christian faith, worship, prayer, Bible reading, then we become like the weeds that choke out the growth of the good seed of flowers or fruit. So this opposition then came. This king dies was told, these people are doing this. Go and search the records and see if this is true or not. And they discover that it's true that the temple was rebuilt again. That King Cyrus hadn't even stripped He'd given careful detail, as we read here, what was to be done. In chapter 1 we read a few weeks ago. And so the work began again. But Darius was very strict. This is strange when God used a pagan king 
yet again. He told them they were to let the work go ahead. That was the instruction. The temple of God was to be rebuilt again. And they were not to interfere, not to oppose, to allow it to go ahead. And moreover, he said a very important thing. Pray for the well-being of the king the sons. Pray. Here was a king who knew little or nothing but God. But his priority was on prayer. Asking the people of God to pray. Now that's another thing we need to ask. How important is prayer to us? Very important, isn't it? God's word is filled from Genesis through to Revelation. We have great prayers and great followers of God. We have Jesus teaching much about prayer. We have Paul teaching so much about prayer. The importance of prayer. Realizing prayer is communication with God. Did this king think that praying was like a magic charm? Some people do think it's a magic charm. We've heard an awful lot over the coronavirus and pandemic about pray. People are saying pray. Or when people are seriously ill, pray. But then they forget, don't they? Have we heard much over the coronavirus time about days of prayer for what's happening in the country, prayer for government leaders, prayer for medical authorities. I hope we pray at home for day and daily. And we certainly need to be doing it now. Not as a magic charm, but as seeking for God's strength at this very difficult time. We need to trust in God, the sovereign God. We need to get back the priority of prayer. Personally, as we come together as in the church together, but personally in prayer. Remember that the writer of the Hebrews in chapter uh, 4 and at verse uh, 14 to 16 clearly spoke about the importance of prayer. If we approach it full of grace boldly, if we need the confidence, we find grace and mercy and help us. In a time of need, we are in a time of need. We need to put the priority on trusting in God. Yes, we're fearful, we're concerned, we're living in very uncertain days. But we need to put the priority on prayer. Not as a magic charm, but the confidence that God hears and answers our prayers. We need God more than ever. It's strange, isn't it? How the pandemic is maybe worse than it was in springtime. We know that people are flouting the rules and regulations and restrictions left by the centre, parties and all that's going on, and they're told not to do it. No respect for the laws of the land. And so we wonder why it's spreading such an alarming rate. So we need to pray that people would respect the law of the land and the restrictions. But I say, pray above all for God's protection for our lives. Not out of fear, but with confidence that God hears and answers. But we pray to God whom we should be trusting and not being in a situation overly much but trusting that the confidence in God who is in control of the situation. Just as God was in control of this situation here and he raised up Two men, Haggai and Zechariah, his servants, to speak to the people and bring them back 
to a priority on God and God's work in rebuilding God's house again. He raised up this King Darius, who clearly backed the project of rebuilding the temple and told the people about the importance of prayer. Yes, for him and his sons, but perhaps he was having to realize the people should be praying as well. As the work was completed, we read, and then there was celebration. The people celebrated because God achieved celebration with the king of Assyria. That was the original people who took the people of Judah into exile. But we thank God for God had raised up these kings who supported God's work in rebuilding God's temple. Do we celebrate the importance of God, of who He is, and what He's done for us? That's what we should be doing. Yes, we can be discouraged, be despair, fearful. Yes, these are uncertain days. But the promises and truth God's word are there for us to build our lives upon at this particular time. So, what's our priorities? What's our priorities? We have church reopened again, and we may be fearful we're coming together too much, but we yet we need to have a blessing of thanks to God through the government that has allowed the church to reopen again. So we should be a joy and a light to be able to come to worship God in church. But privately in our own homes, the priority should be us to be trusting in Christ the Saviour, the God who preserved and created us, sustained us, has redeemed us, God our Creator, Preserver, and all things in all of life. Our priority should be upon feeding upon the rich promise of God's Word, and daily trust and dependence on God in prayer. These are essential core things that we can glean out of these two chapters today as we want to speak about it and think about it. We are called to seek God's kingdom first. That's what the people Judah forgot to do. Seek God first on the project of rebuilding the house. They to be reminded again about it. We constantly need to be reminded of the promise and truths and teaching of God's word. If we get back to them again, maybe that's what God is trying to do. A second wave is coming. We were warned of it, yes, but people didn't listen. They haven't listened. This is what's happening now. It is the same. We need to get back to listening to what God saying to us. Trusting in God, God's word, placing our full faith and trust in Him. That's what we need. That's the answer to our own problems. Trusting in God, and that God will raise up a great miracle of a vaccine to beat this deadly virus. But the most deadly virus the world has sent. And we have to counteract it in our lives. We counteract it by turning to the one who provided for our salvation, Jesus Christ. We trust in him as Lord and Saviour and draw deeper and closer in him each and every day. So we don't need to fear overtly or too much what's happening. Yes, we have fears, but we can let them take over. But we have to let God, our faith in Christ, God's word control the fears, not the fears control us. That's, I believe, to be like today. Our priorities God, faith in Him as our sustainer, as a creator, 
in his Son Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour, and living by the power of the Holy Spirit who comes to live in the life of those who trust in him, feeding upon God's Word, being sustained and strengthened by a life of prayer. It's not weakness to pray to God, it's that shows how much we realize that someone can help us more than we can help ourselves. And then living out confidently every day, celebratory faith in the God who has created us, who loves us, and who will sustain us. Amen.